Chapter Seven of A Crown for Joanna by Sister Mary Jean Dorsey O.P. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Seven Crowns. Death was slow to claim the victim he had marked for his own on a highway golden with autumn. The princess lingered in fearful pain as November passed and the first snows fell. There was in her heart no bitterness as she thought of the woman who had deliberately caused her this pain. She was wise enough and holy enough to see that God can make use of very strange instruments to carve out souls to a beauty worthy of heaven. Joanna waited with anxious heart for Christmas. Always a favorite feast, it seemed to her even lovelier this year, when, for the last time, she would prepare for the coming of the Savior. The weeks of Advent she passed in prayerful expectation, in a special way she could hope to see, very soon, the Lord and King for whom she had spurned all earthly thrones. In the morning you shall see his glory. This promise from the Mass of the Vigil of Christmas was symbolic of the morning of joy she could expect after the dark night of suffering. But in the meantime there was night. All her life she had treasured a devotion to the crown of thorns, since the day when her baby fingers learned to hold the needle and work the simplest of embroideries. She had carefully marked all her clothing and possessions with this device. So it was fitting that at the end of her life she could feel the weight of those thorns, before receiving the crown of glory. Thus she reasoned with the sisters, when they sympathized with her sufferings. "'You are so patient, sister,' Sister Lenora protested one day. "'I don't know why you don't complain, at least once in a while.' "'Did our Lord complain, because his thorns hurt?' asked the princess mildly. "'No.' Sister Lenora admitted, but most of us are not brave enough to keep from complaining all the time. We hardly know you are suffering. Why should you? asked Joanna. It's my cross. God does not ask that others carry it for me. I pray only that I can persevere, and that my love for him will never waver. I am such a sinner and so weak when it comes to real sacrifice. Sister Lenora looked her doubt at the last remark. I wish you would at least tell us when you are suffering so much, she said. It wouldn't help, dear sister, the princess said with a smile. I long ago undertook to suffer for the love of God. Why should I object if he has taken me at my word? A holy priest years ago, when I was a tiny child, told me, Child, it costs to go to heaven. So I expect it to cost, and as long as he has suffered so much for me, why should I refuse the same cup of sorrow? If you would only go to bed, and let us take care of you, Sister Lenore persisted, "'Soon enough I shall have to,' Sister Joanna replied regretfully. "'Then I shall be a trouble to you. "'No, rather, I shall have to depend on your sweet charity to care for me. "'But now, while I still can get around, "'I must not miss one chance of acquiring a little merit for heaven. "'Life is so very brief, Lenora, so very brief. "'Only eternity is long.' "'Of course you are right,' admitted her friend. "'But I wish I could be as patient as you are.' Sister Joanna's eyes twinkled with something of their old spirit. Tell me, Sister Lenora, do you remember the story of our great St. Peter martyr, when he was punished for a crime of which he was not at all guilty? Yes, said her friend, slightly puzzled. Why? What did he say to our Lord as he knelt in tears before the crucifix? she asked. He said, Lord, thou knowest that I am innocent. Why dost thou permit them to condemn me? And the crucifix, Lenora, what did our Lord say? Our Lord answers the crucifix, and I, Peter, what have I done that they should do this to me? Joanna smiled. 
so you see sister i mustn't complain not when i so richly deserve all that i have of pain he didn't complain on christmas eve despite her pain sister joanna was in her usual place in chapel for compline unable to walk in the procession with the community she sat quietly in her place watching it salve regina mater misericordiae she had always loved the salve procession it was a beautiful sight when the sisters left the high stalls and stepped two by two into the aisle and went singing down the long chapel. The habits flashed white in the shadows. The torches flickered like twin flames of faith and hope in the murk of the world's darkness. But even aside from its outward beauty, the Salve procession was dear to every Dominican for a far greater reason. It was the family battle cry, Hail Holy Queen, the daily tribute of an order that loved Our Lady with an undying love. It was, furthermore, the song of triumph with which a dying Dominican, priest, brother, or sister, quitted this earth and went singing into the presence of his queen, to beg her clemency at the throne of her son. Through a mist of tears, Joanna watched the white habits flicker past in the shadows, and followed in her heart the words she was too weak to sing. Vida dulcedo, espes nostra, salve. Our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Her thoughts drifted back to the story of the Salve Regina in Faro Sandemir in Poland, where forty-nine Dominicans had sung it as they marched down the aisle to death at the hands of the Tartars. There had been blood and terror and smoke, and the crash of falling walls, and the wild cries of a bloodthirsty horde. Here was only peace, and the quiet, shadowy chapel, and the clear voices of the sisters singing. But it was the same hymn, awakening memories like the fragrance of flowers, and soon it would be sung about her bed as she bade farewell to earth and its kingdoms forever. Make me brave, sweet mother, she prayed. Let me be courageous enough to suffer much for your son. At midnight again, the sisters helped the dying princess to the chapel for the matins and mass of the nativity. She listens with a happy heart to the invitatory. Come, let us praise the Lord with joy. Let us joyfully sing to God our Savior. The psalms of this feast seemed to have been chosen especially for her, as she formed the familiar words with her lips, and thought happily of their meaning. Thy throne, O God, is for ever and ever. Not, she said to herself, as an earthly throne that falls with intrigue or a false move. One would think her forever mad to have refused the thrones of half of Europe. He could never be made to understand about the throne she had chosen in heaven. Hearken, O daughter, and see, and incline thy ear, and forget thy people and thy father's house. That was from Psalm 44, chanted at the profession of sisters, when they vowed to leave their father's house, for the house of God. The kings of Tharsis and the island shall offer presents. The kings of the Arabians and Osaba shall bring gifts, and all the kings of the earth shall adore him. Greater than all the kings of earth was the king she had chosen. The lesson reader began the chanting of the lessons in the solemn tone of the nativity. Consolamini, consolamini. It was piercing sweet, sad, and yet more deeply joyful than anything she had ever heard. One phrase seemed to come out from the rest of the lesson to engage her attention. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the wilderness the path of our Lord. That was where the suffering came in. One must not resist when the Lord made straight the crookedness and unevenness of one's heart. Pain was a leveler, a straightener, a herald of one who was to come. The Christmas Mass was the last one which Joanna was able to attend before she was forced to bed for months of suffering. She felt keenly the sorrow of not being able to assist at Mass, and also the separation from her community which she loved very much, though she could offer in union with the abandonment of Christ on the cross. 
very soon came another torture which was reminiscent of the passion a terrible thirst possessed her and a doctor doing his best to relieve her in an age when almost nothing was known about medicine forbade her to take any water at all once i promised never to refuse him anything joanna whispered to sister leonora so if he asked this i must not refuse it he did not refuse the thirst on the cross for joanna the cruel suffering of thirst was the final purification of her soul she bore it silently and without complaint even when her lips were so swollen she could barely whisper she did not question the doctor's judgment if her divine spouse needed one last assurance of her obedience this served well princesses were more accustomed to rule than to obey it was a final chance to submit her will to another's the sisters are praying that the pain will lessen says sister leonora one day oh tell them not to do that begged joanna only ask them to pray that i will be faithful i will see him soon soon on the feast of st john of the latin gate mass was said in joanna's room and for the last time she received communion a few days later as quietly as she had wished to live she quitted the earth and hurried off to heaven around her were not the attendants of kings but her community singing the salve regina with the detachment of a religious and the dignity of a queen so says the old chronicle she left the world which had given her so many trials and received a throne everlasting far away in lisbon the royal chaplain kneeling at prayer was startled to see in the air before him a bright and shining crown it was radiant with gold and with jewels like rubies scintillating and gleaming like no jewels of earth as he puzzled over what it might mean he heard through the quiet night the far-off tolling of a bell there was a short silence and a nearer bell began to toll then the huge bell of the cathedral the deep-toned bell on the friar's church the smaller bells of the convents and the valley one picked up from another the doleful tidings and just as the messenger rode into the castle courtyard the bell of the castle began slowly and solemnly to tell the news of the princess's death joanna at last has a throne and a crown the chaplain said to himself as he went to the window and a sceptre that will never fall from her hands he watched as candles gleamed here and there in the castle windows and torches flared in the courtyard and in the cottages of the poor rich and poor will look to her heaven itself will pay her homage he said softly blessed are the dead who die in the lord and precious in the sight of god is the death of his saints end of chapter seven recording by maria therese